0: So I'll be offering some words about uh, the water element today. And I don't know if this is a Dharmat, Dharma talk or maybe in my mind it feels more like a guided meditation just with a lot more words. <laughs> so uh, you can choose how you want to engage with this. Um, if you like to choose uh, to engage with this as a form of a meditative practice, you can also just receive words as if it's a guided meditation um A lot of what I will be sharing are very experiential, and so that way uh maybe one image uh or one uh, uh analogy I'll offer is um for this short period it's as if uh, I'm a tour guide will take you to explore underground cave systems and from time to time I'm gonna pointing my flashlight and say look here in you know, the limestone and look there there water dripping on the wall and I kind of just Follow along, and some of this you may see, some of you may not. Um All is fine, and we'll do the best we can, because words are only pointing at something. It may or may not necessarily con- connect. But uh, it's a dis- discovery. Maybe that's a, a way to uh, think of this. I want to begin by unpacking the water element um, through um, the set of a felt sense qualities. Um, Diana and David uh, in the meditation and the talks have offered some of the words to point to the qualities of water element. Um, I'll also be offering a set of words. Uh, Maybe it's uh, expands something, or maybe it uses a uh, different set of words. Some may be connecting, and some may be not. Um, but I'll start by uh, saying that uh, contrasting with the earth element, first thing we we'll know, our mind knows, or some some part of us knows, water is very different. Uh, so there is that capacity to distinguish one element from another that is available, accessible to us, to this human being. And the earth element is relatively unmoving and solid, firm. And water, in contrasting, not that it's opposite, but it's different. That it's a fluid Maybe flowy, some sense of moisturizing, moisture. Can feel it. Maybe I sometimes touch my forehead, kind of feel the moisture there. Or is, if you have certain sweat, you might feel the kind of wet, damp feeling of it. Um, some of you reported saliva in the mouth. Can sometimes get overwhelming and a lot. Um, and along with that comes from, uh, with some kind of a movement along with a uh, water element. Uh, it's kind of like a flowy, fluid. Diana used the word uh, fluidity. And, uh, and there may be a movement of trickling. Like sometimes, if maybe even now, if you just pay attention to the mouth, inside of the mouth, feel the saliva. And for me, if I stay there for a while, I could feel some kind of trickle where the my saliva would begin to feel the bottom ha- part of my tongue, and if. It's, trickling down there. It may not be obvious if you're kind of thirsty and not a lot of uh, liquid in the mouth. Sometimes you can feel that. And so there is this kind of certain movement that come along with the water element as well. Uh, If you take a sip of water, sometimes you may feel the flow as you swallow the water. And sometimes for me, I can feel it all the way up to the top part of my chest. Um, and then I won't feel the rest, which is okay. And then whatever you feel, and those are the felt sense of the water element and have a big spectrum. Sometimes and there's a sense of just breathing in and out you may feel the contrast of in-breath is kind of a little drier than the out-breath. The out-breath has a little moisture in it. It would feel particularly prominent when you have the face mask on. <laughs> and I remember feeling a lot more um, with the masks on. Um, but even uh, in, without the mask, from time to time, you may feel the sense of a dryness and a moisture. It's a dryness and wetness. So that's a spectrum that can be known. That whole spectrum is part of the water element experience. And saying that, what this is also pointing to is that water element is not just one thing it's kind of have a whole territory of its own in terms of the wide range of experiences that come along with this. So it's not quite helpful to just nail it, you know, this is it. Uh, but rather allow that um, a sense of uh, playfulness to kind of um, explore this whole territory. And we, no one gonna say you got it right or wrong. It's your own subjective experience. So whatever comes up for you is good enough. And the other one um, that uh, teachers have been um, talking about is this word cohesion. For me, it's a really tough word. Um, I'm not a native English speaker. Some words just really have a hard time in my mind and heart. Um, but I'm going to sp- uh, say the Chinese word for those who who know Mandarin might uh, get a sense. "凝聚." Um, uh, what it's pointing to is the quality of a water element that has the capacity to bring things together, bind together, or connect. Collect. Um, you may. S- you may have noticed uh, the dewdrops drops on leaf. It's a tiny little water ball. They could kind of sit together on that leaf, Just like that. And so that's kind of a cohesion holding it together. The very fact that each of us are able to sit in the posture we're sitting right now The water element is bringing us together. Kind of a water bag (laughs) sitting here. 60-70% of our body is fluid. It kind of brings things together. Uh, Maybe another thing that uh, highlights this um, quality of cohesion is uh, when we're Uh, making dough using flour. How do we do that? We put water in there. When the water is there, it brings the flour together. We knead. This motion of kneading is to allow the water to begin to permeate throughout the flour, and that brings the flour together. So now you've got a dough. Is so in that way that is also happening within our body and it brings us together um, into the totality of our system here. And the other qualities that I want to uh, speak about are also qualities that we can know and feel directly at times. And maybe other times, Uh, can be um, known through reflection, through association, or kind of heartfelt connection with them. This one particular quality I'm naming is that water is life-giving, life-sustaining, In many different cultures, um, the rivers are considered to be mother. Mother Ganges, Mother Niles, China's um, Yellow River are considered to be the mothers of our lives. And a lot of uh, civilizations kind of a flow out of this river, rivers. And the um, babies are conceived, and once conceived in the womb, they sit in fluid. So these are not necessarily something that uh, just come from the book. Some other people told us this is so. This can also be felt in our direct experience when we really ca- come in contact with the water element. A sense of interconnected with wa- water element, the dependency, the intertwining of our life with the water element. And I would say with other elements as well. And when we feel this kind of a connection uh, deeply in our system, in our body, mind and heart, it can shift and change how we relate To the nature of our own being and to the nature at large in this world. I want to share a story uh, that I recently heard a podcast um, that's speaking about uh, South Africa, um, the trackers who track safari um, to track wildlife or. Tracking in nature. Um, and these trackers have a, such attunement with the nature all around and within themselves. It's said that when they go out in the morning into uh, the forest, the, the wild, um, the river, you know, far in the, uh, in the wild, in safari they would feel the water coursing in their own body. When I heard this, I didn't feel like this is something that they're just imagining. It's something that they deeply know in the body, through the body. And it said that when they're uh, coursing through, walking, tracking through the terrains of the wild, um, they would feel the mist changing along with the terrain through their own bodies. And so this kind of connection can be known directly in our experience, in our direct experience, And when we have this kind of a connection uh, with the nature at large and with the nature within ourselves, um, maybe something meaningful would bubble up. Uh, in this podcast, um, it was also said that in this kind of culture, uh, people will say something like, when you're in trouble, I'm in trouble. What it means is that their separation between me and you are very loose, or maybe not even there. So if you're in trouble, it's as if I'm also in trouble. How can I not help and that is the connection we're feeling. And so not having kind of the solid boundaries and walls between each other. And so within that kind of um, uh, field of heart and mind, it's very natural that they care for each other. They support for each other. And um, They bond and they connect. And so the whole ecosystem that they're uh, living in functions together as a whole system rather than separate individuals. I mean, separate individuals are there too, but they're not divided. This may be very different from uh, the individualistic perspective that many of us might grow up from, which tends to separate ourselves. And, and I, I know when I grew up and, and had a kind of this very competitive sense, you know, I don't need to be outstanding, but this outstanding also creates a lot of loneliness, loneliness, Separation. Yeah. You're standing out there all by itself. So it's better to be standing together with somebody else together. Standing with or standing together. But the culture is like, outstanding is great. I don't quite feel the loneliness, the separation that that creates within ourselves. A sense of more, I'm more than you, or less than you. It's again a kind of a separation. We're not connecting with each other. And so I love what Thich Nhat Hanh said about this. So the uh, uh, in this code, Earth refers to the planet Earth, and so it includes all the elements uh, that we've been talking about. The earth is you. You are the earth. When you realize there is no separation, you fall completely in love with this beautiful planet. At this very moment, the earth is above you, below you, all around you, and even within you. When we realize this, we can begin to walk differently and to care differently. That is the possibility through this practice. Through this practice of earth, water, fire, air, space. Very elemental level. And I also wanted to expand that what this is also pointing to is um, the practice of uh, elements opens our heart and mind very naturally to the hearts of Brahma Viharas. And so in the Rahula Sutta that um, David read this morning, shared this morning, and the Buddha taught his son, and he started with element practice, meditate like earth, water, fire, air, space. And then after that, um, the Buddha taught Rahula, meditate with love, metta, Meditate with compassion, karuna. Meditate with joy, medita. Meditate with equanimity, upekka. I have this sense that when we're really engaging with this practice, our heart and mind naturally opens. It sets a stage for the Brahma Vihara practice. So they're very connected in that way. Maybe the last thing I wanted to point out is um, another... um, quality of the water element that is quite potent is this sense of flowing and permeating. And I used the, the, the simple example of saliva, trickle, and maybe drinking water, kind of the feel, a sense of flowing. But the flowing also evokes a sense that water flows naturally. Water flows naturally from high to low. Um, The rain and snow naturally flows from high mountain down to the creeks, the river, and all the way to the ocean. And what blocks the natural flow in our own lived experience is when we're constantly throwing Um, are blocking the natural flow through the forces, I want something to happen, I don't want this to happen. And so we kind of insert the spinning forces of wanting and not wanting, um, grasping or averting. And those are the forces that began to block the natural flow of... of, um, Um, our experiences. So this um, natural flow is uh, also a symbolic, quite a significant symbolic image uh, in the Buddha's teachings. And the Buddha would teach that the Dhamma flows naturally towards liberation, towards freedom. When the forces that blocks this flowing began to fade away, began to let go of the self-centered wanting and not wanting, grasping, tightening. And so this flow can begin to happen naturally. I'd like to read the uh, uh, verses that the Buddha describes someone who have a faith, or a complete faith, in the Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha, how uh, their practice naturally moves towards freedom. And so it says like this Practitioners, suppose it rings heavily on a mountain top, and the water flows downhill to fill the hollows, grievances, and the creeks, and they become full, they fill up the pools. The pools fill up the lakes, the lakes fill up the streams, and the streams fill up the rivers, and as the rivers become full, they fill up the ocean. In the same way, a noble disciple has verified faith in the Buddha, the Dhamma and Sangha, These things flow onward and after crossing to the far shore they lead to the ending of defilement or lead to the ending of dukkha. This is possible. This is the possibility with this kind of a practice May this be the possibility for all beings Let's sit for a moment